Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. We're going to be getting into some relationship stuff. Always trying to save your relationships. We've done lots of shows on that. No big deal. Saving your marriage, saving your relationships, saving your friendships. We'll be dropping into that. DMs are always open. If you got a DM first, drop in the DMs on our love line. IG page, questions, topics, things you want to say. Circle back, drop deeper into. Always anonymous, always confidential. Helping others as you're helping yourself. What a spiel that is. So if you got a question, bam, drop in the DMs, love line, IG page. So before I try to save your marriages and your relationships, just wanted to do my standard weekly check-in. How are y'all doing? How's your mental health doing? Remember, we're asking ourselves and others, how's your mental health? We're not just saying, how are you? How you been? That leads people to be like, I'm good, I'm cool. So when we say, how's your mental health? It stops people in their tracks because the question's different. And again, what we're also doing in that moment is letting them know you're a safe space, that you're really interested, and it helps you stop and reflect as well. So having said that, how is your mental health? What might you need more of? What might you need less of? What boundaries might you need to set? What might you need to take off your schedule or put on your schedule? And remember, we're doing the joy calendar. We talked about that a couple shows back. I'm gonna keep bringing it up. Basically, it's a thing I just, you know, created and working with patients in my private practice that were struggling with realizing they're not finding enough joy and pleasure. There's not enough rest in their life. They're not spending time with friends. And you know, it serves two, two purposes. One, just to look over and reflect and see things written on the calendar and to know I'm actively participating, I'm actively participating in my life. But then it's also a way to check in on what your life is being dominated by. And also you're actually doing those things. I was explaining this to a new patient the other day. We use different colors where socials put in one color, things that are just about ourselves and rest, joy, and pleasure in another color. And sometimes on that calendar, which you can print out, make on your own, go buy something. I just draw it on a piece of paper, just the lines and fill it in. Cheaper, quicker, easier. Calendars are shockingly expensive and they're they're nothing. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, especially day planners. Those bad boys are real pricey. And uh, I know that I'm actively participating and socializing. I have the joy of looking over and seeing it. You can look at the balance. And I tell my clients at the beginning of the week, start to fill that bad boy in. That's a part of mental health is knowing that we're truly living in balance. I think people live in imbalance where they work hard all week and then they party on the weekends. That's not balance, actually. <laughs> That's a false sense of that. And so we're kind of sprinkling these things in. Um, I think it's a really good way to kind of track. So create something like that. I'm a big fan of that. I'm also a big fan of Post-its, putting them around your house to remind you of what you're working on, what you're trying to remember, who you're trying to be, to challenge your thinking. I have clients doing that as well. I do that myself. Hey, nothing bad's happening when I'm having high periods of anxiety to remind me 
that this is just rooted in nothing. Also reminding me of my value system, which is what we're trying to have guide us. Remember, we're not trying to be mood dependent, just acting from whatever we think or feel. We're realizing our thinking and feeling is often a prediction that our brains give us based on history and that we're not living in the moment when we're just acting from our feelings. We interrogate and challenge our feelings and thinking. We don't just accept them as legitimate or reality-based or more importantly, as helpful and effective, which is kind of what we'll be talking about later tonight. We talk about relational stuff. Um, you know, as a marital relational therapist, it's all relationships. And so this is a really good way to get a hold of ourselves. I like clients that are journaling. It's another way to really do some cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself without maybe doing it in a formal practice is to just write out your thoughts. You can really see what you're thinking and say, is that reality based? Is that effective? What's another way of looking at that? Should I let that stop me from participating with all the things that I put on my joy calendar that's hanging over there on the wall? No, it's not. I can feel one way and still participate actively in my life. I think the problem is we think that the issue is the feelings and we need to resolve them to be a full participant in our lives, but you don't. You can still participate with those feelings still being there. We do it all the time at work. You have a rough day, still step into that meeting and pull together so we can be detached from our feelings and our thinking, letting them be in the back seat of the car while we're driving the car from our goals and our value system. We don't need to resolve our difficult feelings, our anxiety or depression to go participate in the world, but we fuse with it and we think we do. So you leave those little notes around reminding you don't buy into your thinking or feeling, hold it lightly, make room for it, but go have the kind of day you're needing to have and you look at your calendar. That's what my goals are. That's what I'm needing in my life and we move forward in that way. Bam, that's mental health, y'all. Not the absence of some of these quote unquote negative feelings, but instead a full participant in our lives. So therapy isn't about removing negative feelings. We have that problematic idea. Medication makes us think that way. If I feel something bad, give me something to get rid of it. No, we have to make room for it and allow it and still be a full participant in our lives. Oh, that psychological flexibility. That's what we're practicing. Again, that's also the signs of a healthy brain and body. Flexible, adaptable, energized. So we're also going to be working on bringing that into our relationships. Relationships show us where our work is. I say that probably almost once a show, maybe every other show. Um, I'm all about the repetition of sound bites. <laughs> I could write a book of just all my sound bites. Anywho, that's why television's fun. Um, when I do it, I'm just firing off sound bites. Okay. Anyway, like I said, DMs got a question for us. Drop in the DMs on our love line, IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back, drop deeper into, and then uh, past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for love line and click on it. Why? Because you need to unlearn and relearn and build in that practice. So wearechannelq.com is where love line and a whole host of other great shows exist. So head over there, all podcasted. So it's on your time. It's like Burger King. It's your way, y'all. That's what I love about technology. It happens on our time. Um, otherwise, stick around and don't go anywhere because we got we got the meat. We got the meat coming. Um, yeah, so we are channelq.com, DMs, and our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, y'all, just bounce around to that music. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we're back and uh, we are talking about... All the things that we can change within relationships, it's important to understand that because um, I say this all the time. We're not going for perfect. And a lot of people will be like, I know, I know, I know, but, and I'm like, but, but what? But here we go. <laughs> You're going to talk about something that's frustrating that isn't truly a deal breaker, but you just refuse to allow or deal with because again, perfect doesn't exist. And I watch relationships not get off the ground or I watch relationships and marriages end because we truly, truly aren't able to embody good enough. And that's a beautiful concept. And I know for some of us, we're like, ugh, what a horrible word, good enough. But honestly, that's the expectation is you have to find something workable, good enough. Um, and before we get into what are some of these things that feel very overwhelming that actually are challenges we can and should be overcoming within our relational lives, um, I want to remind everyone that we're human and that's going to mean that we're going to have things that we need to work on. And what you ideally are looking for, you know, along with chemistry and compatibility is someone who's workable. I want to use that word more. So here I am like Dr. Chris, note to self, talk more about workability, or at least use that as a, uh, a lens. Uh, what that means is someone who's willing to do the work. What that means is someone who's willing to improve themselves. What workable means is finding a partner or being in a relationship where you can say, hey, something you said was hurtful to me. Can we not talk like that to each other anymore? Or, hey, um, can we work on spending more time together? Can we work on being kinder to each other? Can we work on improving our sex lives? Whatever it is, you want to be with a partner and in a relationship where there's always room for that. We want to get away from being the kind of partner that says, you know who I was, you know how I was, you know what my work schedule was. Those aren't real things. Those are all workable, flexible things that should be changed and updated as, as needed. Relationships have to come first. And your personality style is something that you reinforce based on how you're acting. And, and yes, it can be changed. And often it should be. And if you're in a relationship with someone of any kind, you do want to care if they're important enough to you want to care about how you're impacting them and you want to be willing to make some necessary changes. So again, we're looking for people that are workable to have in our lives. I, I very much love the friendships I've built in my adult life because I've, I have friendships with workable people. I have workable friendships where they can call me and say, Hey, Chris, you know, when we hung out the other day, you said something that kind of hurt my feelings and it's been in my mind. Can we talk about it? 
I try to have romantic relationships that are workable where a partner can say to me, hey, I don't think you're prioritizing me enough or I think you're working too much. And I'll say, your needs matter and, and I'll work on that, I hear you. So being with someone who's workable, being in a workable relationship is probably best defined that way by being with someone who thinks your needs matter by being with someone who takes your needs into account, by being with someone who prioritizes your needs. They center it, they prioritize it, they care about it. They don't only, they don't only think about themselves. And then that goes back to this other framework that I think is a component of that, which is when we're in a primary relationship, especially, but also in best friendships and, and other very, very, very important relationships, we think in terms of us and we. We don't just think about me. We say, how might this decision, how might my behavior, how might the way I'm living impact my primary partner? Because we're in it together, we impact each other. And we also consider maybe that with our close friends as well. Maybe not so much, but that's usually the expectation within a primary partnership, is that us and we, and no longer the me and I. If you're thinking in terms of me and I, where I'm only worrying about myself, and I'm only caring about how things impact me, you're not gonna create what we call a securely attached relationship. And you're also thinking in terms of something casual and that's okay, but own it. Let your partner know, I want something casual. I will not be considering you in my decision-making. You will, your needs will not be important to me. Own it. That's how you make that healthy. It's unhealthy and pathological and quite emotionally abusive when you act as though, and you present as though you want something primary, but then you secretly aren't ever going to take their needs into account. And then you also aren't within a workable relationship. We need that flexibility. And the, you know, the way there's like an acronym and I'm not going to use the entire acronym because the entire acronym is not <laughs> applicable to what I'm saying, but it's an acronym we use within the field of neuropsychology to talk about what a, what are the characteristics of a healthy brain? Not surprisingly, they're really the healthy characteristics of any system. A, um, any system, a relational system, a social system, a political system, an ideological system, a corporate system, and it is that it's flexible and it's adaptive, which basically means it's always changing based on the needs of the people within it. Unhealthy corporations and businesses never change, they never adapt. They don't accommodate the needs of the people involved, and that's the same thing with relationships. Healthy brains are flexible and adaptable. Healthy relationships are flexible and adaptable because we're always growing and changing and so are the things that we need. And our relationship has to keep up with us. We shouldn't be keeping up with it. Just like institutions have to change and update. Rules and laws have to change and update based on the changing needs of culture and people. We shouldn't be held accountable to things that were set in place in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, or even centuries before because the needs were different then. And healthy systems, like laws, rules, institutions of all kinds are always flexible and adaptable to what's happening and what's needed now. It's a very long-winded way of saying workability. Look for that in the relationships, especially the most important, meaningful ones in your life. And that's, that's the kind of individual that we should be committing to. That should be the bare minimum expectation that we have for anyone in our life or anything that we're a part of, church, the job you have, you know, policies and rules need to update and change. We're always doing that. You know, nothing, nothing is without that. And that's why tradition has to change. All right, we're going to talk more about this, things that are changeable, that tend to scare people, that they think aren't because we're going for good enough and we're looking for workability. Always about that repetition. <laughs> 
got to build these lessons in because you don't get them anywhere else. So we'll talk about that and we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, a question or a topic, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be answering those later in the show. And then we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes. Stick around, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about changeability, flexibility, workability. Here, all of these terms, they imply movement. They imply, they imply um, softness, a lightness, a bendability. It's kind of like the weather. Nature very much embodies and reflects back to us what are the healthy ways of being. You know, during a really powerful storm, and I'm from the East Coast, and uh, living on the coast, you really get to see what happens with weather. We don't really get that out here. I'm in California. We get the heat and the sun. It's kind of all you get. East Coast, we got hurricanes. We got strong winds, strong rains. We got snow. And the parts of nature that survive are the ones that are flexible and bendable and adaptable. They update. They do what's needed. They go with the flow. They're not rigid. Rigidity is not healthy. Not biologically, not neurologically, not relationally, not even environmentally or ecologically. Everything's always changing. And that's kind of what the topic is about tonight, workability, meaning being in relationships, but also more importantly, being a partner that is willing to constantly adapt to what's needed and what's necessary as we grow, as we change. It's also part of healthy sex. You know, the needs and the abilities that we have in our early years are very much, as someone who's getting up there, can tell you our needs and our abilities change. And we have to update and adapt to that based on our sexual expectations on our bodies. As we get older, um, our, erectile our erectile abilities are going to shift. That is not an erectile dysfunction when you are not able to perform in the ways that you used to or the ways that you see in pornography. A healthy penis and a healthy body lose their functioning. It is not as robust. That is not a problem. The problem is when we rigidly hold on to one idea or definition as to how our bodies or our penis should function. We need to be adaptable and flexible and say it's not always going to work the way I want it to, but that's okay because I'm being adaptive in my definition and understanding of how I can be erotic or sexual with someone. And there's a multitude of ways to do that. I'm not going to hold it onto one idea, one definition only as being right, correct, or what I'm seeking. We want to find partners. We want to be part of systems that are like that. I personally don't want to be a part of any system or institution of any kind that isn't constantly looking at themselves and making changes as needed. Policies need to update and change. Rules need to update and change. And within relationships, we want to find partners that are open to that as well based on our changing needs. Now, before I get into what are some of the things that tend to scare people within relationships that are completely workable if you're with a healthy partner, and again, workability means you're with a partner who thinks your needs matter and wants to hear what your needs are and they want to change themselves based on that. It is okay to be asked to make some changes. We're not trying to change people, but we are asking for some behavioral changes. How you speak to them, the time you spend with them, how much you prioritize them, those things are acceptable. We are not being rigid, which is unhealthy, saying that's just how it is, that's just who I am. It, that isn't honest or even true. All healthy systems are flexible and adaptive and update based on where we currently are and what's needed. Um, now, before I get into, like I said, those characteristics that we often are afraid of, but we shouldn't be, just remember that there's a difference between deal breakers and red flags, because that's, that's a framework. I make that assumption. So I just want to quickly remind y'all red flags are things that we're going to keep an eye on. 
that we need to kind of track that maybe we're going to bring up and see how workable the person is and say, hey, it doesn't feel good to me when you, or hey, I don't like it when you, or hey, could we start to? That's how you kind of work with those red flags. You're like, mm, I noticed that thing. I'm going to keep an eye on it and see if it changes. Deal breakers are the things that are immediate stops because we realize that they're not just a red flag, they're just a deal breaker. And all of that also means we are accounting for disappointments and frustrations, which are not deal breakers. Every relationship, because we're using the good enough model, because no one's perfect and no relationship is perfect, and that inherently means we have to accept some things that are frustrating and disappointing, otherwise we are seeking perfect. Disappointments and frustrations are a part of life. There's no perfect, no perfect job, no perfect relationship, no perfect body, no perfect person. The beauty of diversity and creativity is what we're going for. So. Having said all of that, understanding that disappointments and frustrations are appropriate and cool and fine, understand that red flags are things we track and see where they go. We're going to talk about some of the things that a lot of people get scared of if they're present in their relationship that they don't need to be. But as always, the caveat is if you're in an emotionally or verbally or physically abusive relationship, this work is not for you. The work is on getting out of that relationship. This is also an assumption that you're with someone who wants to be in a committed relationship with you. If someone wants something casual, that's something totally different. And I always say at least own and acknowledge that. Let people know what's possible. Don't present as though you want something serious and committed and primary. If you don't, own it. It's okay to want to date casually for as long as you want to. Just acknowledge that so that people can make their own decisions. That's part of informed consent. We can't consent to something if we don't know what it is that you're planning. <laughs> consent means I'm aware of what's going to happen. I'm aware of what's possible. I'm aware of what the boundaries are. I can't consent to eating something if I don't know what's on the plate. I can't consent to sex if I'm not 100% aware of what it is you're going to want to do with me. So we want to always put that in place. Um, okay, so we're going to do some DMs and then we're going to come back and talk about some of these top things that scare people that shouldn't that you know are workable. Um, so if you got a DM for us, that's a question you have for us, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You can also put in their topics you want us to hit, things you want us to circle back to, drop deeper into. It all goes in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show. Check them all out over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. But stick around. We'll be back. Uh, listen to the love line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, so I've been dating this girl for over a year, basically the entire pandemic. We took a getaway, but when we got there, we met up with two of her friends. During the night, it was revealed that she used to date one of the others on our trip a few years ago, a few years ago, excuse me, but now everyone's friends. Felt bad and ruined my night. My partner doesn't understand why it's a bad deal, why it's a big deal, and why it still upsets me. How can I make them understand? Um, by just expressing your feelings, let's not catastrophize it though. I believe that everyone should be friends with individuals that they might've dated at some time, just because romance or sexuality isn't compatible anymore, the chemistry isn't there, does not mean we need to remove people from our lives. That is a toxic form of possession, jealousy, anxiety, and monogamy. And your current partner doesn't need to kick out friends that have been in their life for a period of time now that you're in it. You don't get to enter someone's life and ask them to remove people. These people have been there before you and they might be there after you. Friendship is a more stable configuration than dating. And so it's never fair or appropriate to say, oh, you dated that person who's now your friend, you gotta get rid of them. Doesn't work like that. In fact, that'd be a red flag for them about you. 
Um, if you trust your partner and I only want us to date people we trust, then there's absolutely nothing wrong. If you don't trust your partner, dump them and find someone you do trust, but your jealousy isn't appropriate. But it's okay to have the feelings you have. It's okay to say, I know that this jealousy is misplaced and I'm thinking from a place of possession and toxic monogamy, but you know, I wanna kind of express it and just express it. They don't need to understand it. Because when, a lot of, when people sometimes say, why don't they understand my feelings? Sometimes it means, why aren't they doing something about it? Or why aren't they doing whatever I think they need to do to make this trigger be removed? That's not the work. You've already expressed, hey, it made me uncomfortable to not know about that and know have found out. And your partner said, cool, I get it. I'm sorry to hear that. And then we move on. You have to work on letting it go. There's nothing they need to do. So how do you make them understand? By telling them. And they might not agree. They don't need to agree. Remember, sharing and expressing emotion isn't about someone agreeing or doing what we want them to do. It's about us being known and us getting more connected. And you can say to them, hey, in the future, give me a heads up if anyone you're friends with is someone you might have dated. But I actually think that that's not necessary and it shouldn't matter. Because what's the distinction? What would you do with that information? Tell them to kick them out of their life? Not appropriate. Not go because you don't want to be around them? Toughen up and grow up. That's part of life. Um, we can't expect our partners to remove people from their life to make us comfortable. We don't need to always be comfortable. Triggers show us where our work is. So you're being shown where your work is to trust your partner, to support them in having the friends in their life that make sense to them. This isn't about you, but your feelings are valid. You've expressed them. And there's nothing that needs to be done about that. So I don't really know what you mean by making them understand. That usually, again, implies I want them to do something different, and that's not fair. And this is where I bring up terms like toxic monogamy, which is this idea that we should make people feel bad for having had a relational or sexual life before we entered the picture. That's bizarre. People shouldn't stay single or celibate for the, because of the anticipation of you problematically entering their life at some point and trying to control them to your level of comfort. You have some growing up to do, and a lot of people hearing this are probably able to relate to your feelings. But again, your partner shouldn't be removing people that are appropriate and boundaried within their life that they enjoy having in their life because you're uncomfortable. That's not how it works, and that's a red flag. And if I was working with your partner, I'd say, let's keep an eye on that because that's, that's controlling behavior. And that can actually become a form of emotional abuse. So you've expressed your feelings. Hopefully your partner heard you. And if your partner was disregarding of them, just say, hey, I just wanted to recircle back to that conversation and ask if you could just hold a little more space, even though I'm asking you to do nothing different, because I would never expect your life to shrink down around my low level of functioning. You know what I mean? So use this as a time to grow a little bit. Remember, just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean something bad or wrong happened. And it's not your partner's job to do things to make you comfortable all the time. In fact, it's okay to make people uncomfortable sometimes if we're living without an, our value system and our integrity. So I support your partner's feelings. I support you expressing and feeling yours, but nothing needs to be done about it. And you get to decide how that weekend goes. And I would say, learn to be a part of. These friends aren't going anywhere and don't need to. And you need to learn how to accept that. If you don't want to be around them again, that's your call, but you'll miss out on weekends away. So I, I would work through that and figure that out. If you got questions for us, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Help someone else out as we're helping you out. Always anonymous, always confidential, and past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Y'all stick around. All right, y'all. We're back and uh, moving into a different topic, talking about how to deal with differing sex drives. So it's kind of like when we talk about uh, losing the spark, and I always say, first and foremost, don't 
panic. It doesn't have to mean a problem. Having said that, ideally we don't form long-term committed monogamous relationships with people unless we have a compatible sexuality, which is why I'm always advocating for having sex before we make any kind of commitment. Yes, it's awesome to go on a coffee date and to go hiking and learn about your favorite movies and where you like to go on vacation, but until we have sex, we can't really fully assess the strength and compatibility of, of partners. Uh, sex is where we learn about our body esteem, our self-esteem, communication, trauma, boundaries, how much intimacy we want and closeness we can tolerate. It's all in there. It's a beautiful thing. It's nothing to be afraid of. And in fact, it's a sign that you are interested in partnership. And after you have sex, if you still want to hang out, what a great sign. Delaying sex as a way to keep something going that might end otherwise is a failing theory. So don't panic if your sex drives are different. Inherently, that's going to happen to some extent anyway. Not everyone's going to want the same kind of sex at the same place, in the same way, at the same time. It's going to ebb and flow. So healthy relationships allow for some of that shifting and changing. So how do we deal with differing sex drives? First off, do something. There's a powerful piece in relational therapy about accepting bids from your partner. If your bar a partner makes a bid for your attention or for connection, put your freaking phone down. Pause the television. Human beings always come first. It's inappropriate to say, oh, I'm on my TikTok. Put your TikTok down. That's a person. That's your primary partner. Put them first. Sex is the same way. You have to offer something. You cannot outwardly reject your partner when they try to make a move for sexual connection. Even if it was just about them wanting pleasure and getting off, there's nothing wrong with that. But generally, sometimes it's about wanting closeness, bonding, fun together, shared experience. So it's okay if you're not down for sex but you have to offer something erotic or romantic. You don't wanna just say no. Then the partner will stop coming to you and that sexuality will get taken elsewhere. If you're gonna be in a monogamous committed relationship, you have to be open to romance, sexuality, and sensuality. Otherwise, don't choose monogamy or don't choose that partner. So you wanna say, oh, honey, I'm not down for any penetration, but let's do oral sex. Honey, I'm not really interested in penetration or oral sex, let's just masturbate together. Honey, I'm not interested in taking my clothes off and being engaged, but I will engage you, I'll use a toy on you. Honey, I'm not interested in anything erotic. Let's be romantic and just sit here and cuddle. Honey, I'm not interested in something romantic. I'll massage you. Let's hold hands. Let's go for a walk. Or, hey, you know what? I wanted to finish this movie. How about in an hour? That sounds really fun. I'll meet you upstairs and we'll have some sex. You have to say something. You don't want to just be no. Because that's rejecting. It shames your partner's sexuality. And they should be attracted to you. They should be initiating sex with you. You are their primary sex partner. That's the deal. If you're shaming them for it, you have work to do. Why are you shaming them? Why do you not want to have sex with your primary partner? Why are you in a monogamous relationship with someone you don't enjoy erotically? What are you doing? We should be open to that in some form. So offer something in any domain. It can be sexual, erotic, romantic, or sensual. But you have to provide some form of connection because your partner is making a bid for your attention and to connect with you. Again, we don't want to create a dynamic where our partner feels like it's not safe to come to us because we um, shame what is a healthy thing, them wanting and desiring us. That is the point. That is the deal. So remember that. Um, again, you want to find some way to, to engage in that connection. Now, this also brings us up to another topic that comes up with a lot of same-sexed couples, which is I'm a top, you're a top, we're both bottoms. Those are not real things. No one is a top or a top only. That it, What you're really saying is I'm most comfortable topping. I prefer to top, but we are all fluid and flexible and should lean into that. It hurts my heart when someone won't be with someone else because they're quote-unquote sexually incompatible because we somehow overly buy into these positions which are very arbitrary and are really just about comfort and preferences and what we're familiar with. Learn how to be bigger and more than that. Learn how to be flexible and step outside of that. 
an act of trust and care is doing things sometimes that we don't ideally want to do that are both legal and safe in service of our pleasure, the pleasure of our partner. So I want more willingness, 100%. There should be no sex acts that are off the table if they're not tied to something trauma, painful, or problematic. I want our limits to be challenged and expanded upon. That, again, is your partner. That is intimacy building. This should be the person we explore those edges with. We don't want to have what I've talked on the show many, 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 many times about, which is leftover sex, where we take off what makes you comfortable, take off the table what makes me comfortable, we just do what's leftover, which sounds really boring and limited, and then we wonder why we don't really enjoy sex together as a couple. So differing sex drives is part of life. You you know, you're going to have different movie tastes. You're going to have different ideas in what where you vacation. You're going to have different ideas of how much time to spend with family. And you manage that. And all the outcomes should be mutually beneficial. So it should be something that everyone walks away feeling cared for or feeling successful around. Because remember, how you go about these issues is as important as solving them. And as a couple, you want to be strengthened and turning towards, not turning against each other. This isn't anything anyone should be mad at the other for. So there's good relational skills built into this. How do we as a couple manage difficult times? Like differing sex, differing sex drives, differing drives around how much we travel, differing drives around how much we go out and do, differing drives around whatever fill in the blank. So this is a global skill set every couple needs to have, you know, abilities around. Um, all right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about this. And later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, y'all stick around. We got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about how to deal with differing sex drives and you know, remember, it's not just about differing sex drives, it's about different sexualities, and everyone will have that. And remember, our, sex, our sexualities, like our sex drives, should shift and change. What was isn't what will always be. What was with other partners should be different with every new partner. Even each current partner could change based on a thousand things, how we feel about our body, how we feel about sex in general, how we feel about our partner. And so um, always be open to who you are now. Always be open to ebbing and flowing and changing. And remember, different sex drives isn't always about how often. It can be about what we're doing when we're having sex. It can be about um, other pieces and context within that. So I don't want to just frame it as, as long as you like the same amount, all's well. Because there's so much more to it. It's so much more complex than that. Uh, but we don't want to panic. And I always want to point out that how you go about dealing with this issue, like every other couple's a relational issue, is more important, actually, than just solving the specific thing we're working on. How are you as a unit managing this difficulty? That matters more. So keep an eye on that. Are we you know, harming each other as we're solving this issue? Are we being loving and caring and turning towards as we're solving this issue? That matters more because there's always going to be a new issue. That's called life. That's called being in a relationship to anyone. And you have to be good at resolving and dealing with things. So this is just an intervention on your marriage. This is a site of work, and this is a way you learn more about each other. Um, But we don't want to panic. It doesn't mean something's wrong. There's always going to be differences to work through. I am a big fan of sometimes us carving out space. We can't expect it to just happen in the midst of busy days, especially when a lot of our energy is used up at the, the beginning of the day. Um, we want to have openness and I want people to remember often what we say is like, I only like sex at night. Correct. You said it correctly. You prefer, you only tend to like, 
but that doesn't mean you can't like it in the morning. That doesn't mean it can't happen ever in the morning. That doesn't mean it's bad, painful, or wrong if it happens in the morning. We want to hold our preferences lightly. We, we approach them often as though it's a real solid thing. No, they are preferences. They are choices. They are familiarities. They are habits. They are patterns. Hold it lightly. Just because you like it more at night doesn't mean it can't happen ever during the day. <laughs> Like we, we get real tense and we fuse and we get very rigid. A lot of our trauma comes up when we talk about these topics. So yes, yeah, sometimes we have to do it our partner's way. I think there's something really beautiful in saying, let me do it the way my partner prefers it. Let me learn how to be more adaptive and flexible. Those are qualities that are part of mental health and also sexual health. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes we schedule it. Sometimes we schedule it. And, and, and that's so that our partner feels cared for. That's so that we know it's going to happen. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the act and intention that means more. Um, what are some other ways? Also asking, is it the sex that we're having? Is it worth wanting? Because sometimes it's not a matter of different sex drives or interest in different sex acts. Sometimes it's just that the sex we're having isn't worth wanting. And that's really what I'm not excited about is what we do. It's not the partner, or maybe it is the partner. And it isn't that you have different sex drives. It's that you no longer are, are in love with your partner. You're no longer attracted to them. Or maybe you never were. What does that mean for you? And so there's deeper work that, that, that comes out of that. Don't just bury your head in the sand and just label it as we have different sex drives and it's just going to always be a struggle. Say, let's unearth and really talk about what's driving it and what's possible. And we want to be very thoughtful about who we identify as the you know patient, the identified patient, who the problem is. The person with the lower sex drive isn't the problem. The person with the higher sex drive isn't the problem. There's just a difference. And that's why I always say, you know, how you go about managing this and the empathy you bring in is important. For some couples, it's also about redefining what the word sex means. I, I say this to everyone I work with, and I say it on the show as often as I remember to, which is sex is more than penetration. In fact, as we get older and our bodies ebb and flow and change, that's going to be less doable because healthy erections and healthy penises don't operate the way they used to. That's not a disorder. That's part of a healthy aging body. And we get, then have to rely upon the erections we can get when we can get them as long as we can and using other things, fingers, toys, tongues. So again, step outside this idea that sex is always about orgasm and penetration. It's not. And sometimes that's the problem because you're not interested in that because it's not always possible. Often the prep time, depending on what kind of penetrative sex we're talking about, front or back, can sometimes take more time than people want to put into it. Great. Sex is far bigger than that. Sex is just about coming together. So really, really, really address that. Like what, what, is, what is this sex that we're even talking about? Are we on the same page? It's like when I did a whole show on monogamy and saying to your partner, are we still monogamous? What does monogamy mean for us? Do we need to update that monogamy? How has that been going for you? Sex is the same thing. Are we talking about the same thing? <laughs> Have we even explored all the different ways we can be sexual? Is the sex we're having even worth wanting and trying to have? If you can't talk about those things, I'm worried about your ability to talk about other difficult topics. And then we move into the idea that it's also gotta be about quality. There is no right amount of sex to have, and the number that feels good to you should change. But it's the quality. We're not just doing it to do it to check a box. We're not just doing it to check a box and say we're a good couple, we're a healthy couple. What does it feel like when you're doing it? Apply that framework before, during, and after. How do you feel when you think about doing it with your partner? How do you feel while you're doing it, and how do you feel after you've done it? I always tell people to apply that to every scenario to decide who and what should be in their life. Your job, how do you feel when you're on your way to work? How do you feel while at work, and how do you feel on the way home from work? If the answer is bad to all those things, please find a new job. Your job is not healthy for your mental health. 
Sex and dating should be the same thing. Friends as well. Family members. How do you feel when you're on your way to see a family member or they're calling? How do you feel while with them? How do you feel when leaving that holiday event with them? If it's always bad, change the way you're relating to them or maybe it's time to stop going. Sex is the same way. And this is why sex therapy is also relational therapy. It's far more than just doing it. The goal isn't just to do it to get it done. The goal is to understand ourselves and our partners. Do we have to advocate? Do we have to set boundaries? What do we have to assert? What do we have to say yes to? What do we have to say no to? Yeah, there's so much in it. And so that's why I love this work. So it's also about the quality. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, um, hit this more, and then we'll be doing uh, some DMs. So if you got a DM, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You know the drill, questions, topics, things you want to hit. Circle back, drop deeper into, and past episodes of the show. So you can go back and re-listen. So over at wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, stick around. we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to a Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and uh, talking about how to deal with different sex drives. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't turn on each other. Don't fight about it. Stay soft. Be loving. Turn towards, hey, honey, let's talk about this together. Together, let's approach this issue over there, this issue of our sex drives. There's no right amount of sex to have. There's no normal. We don't have a goal. We just want to move back into joy, pleasure, and fun and connection. There's no right way to do it. How do you feel? This is you. This is me scripting it for you. Hey, honey, how do you feel about the sex we've had? Hey, honey, why do you think we haven't wanted more of it? Do you enjoy what we do? How do you feel before, during, and after? Get that conversation going. We have to be able to have these conversations. Don't be afraid of what comes out of it. Just like when I tell people to talk about monogamy. What's that mean to you? How's that been going? What do we need to change? This is one of those important conversations. Um, <clears throat> I love this. There's a study done that showed people think that everyone else is having more sex than they are not shocked or surprised. Everyone's thinking what they see on social media is real life. Those cute couples. They're always in love. They're touching each other. Some people I say to them, you're watching too much porn. That's not what it looks like. That's not what they're doing. That's not how often they're doing it. Stop looking at people's Twitters and OnlyFans. Those are people that are doing that for work or they're hypersexual. That's not what the, the rest of the world's necessarily doing. It doesn't matter what you did with your last partner or your last relationship or when you were younger. We're different with every partner. In fact, we're different often with the same partner. So again, it's just about how's it been feeling? Are we enjoying it? How can we get back to enjoying it more? It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter where. It's like I always say about dates, it's just about time together. It shouldn't matter where you're going, how much time or money is put into it. Let that go, that's ego. It's ego if you think there's a right amount of sex to have and a right way to do it. Sex also isn't always even penetration. It's broader than that. Be bigger than that. Focus on the quality. How are we feeling about what we're doing? So again, start by talking about it. Also start to prioritize it. That's also how we work on bringing it back. So it's a little bit of a hybrid. We talked on another show about how to bring the spark back. And now we're talking about how to deal with different sex drives. 
and they're often very similar. The person with the lower desire has to be more willing to have sex. The person with the higher desire has to be willing to, to have less sex or to maybe have more solo sex and masturbate more. Thank God for masturbation and porn. You get to have an autonomous private sex life with yourself that doesn't have to involve your partner when they're not interested. So I want the higher partner to not pressure, to not personalize. I want the lower desire to be willing to provide something and to be more willing to be engaged. I want both of you to talk about what it means and why it's important to you. I want you to fold more pleasure into your relationship in general. Um, sexual intercourse. Another study showed lasts an average of five minutes. <laughs> That's good and bad. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's good if people don't have a lot of time. It's bad because people aren't necessarily just focusing on enjoying, letting time fly by, exploring each other. I mean, that's what's so wild about all this is everyone's just trying to be normal. Um, I'd said that in an interview. I said, everyone that's coming in, often the question is, are we normal? Um, and you also have to ask yourself maybe why, why, for those that are lower desiring, you're not bad, you're not broken, you're not wrong, but ask yourself what that's about because the higher desiring partner is gonna be the one who is always, always down. And the person with a lower desire for anything is always going to be the one in control. The person who likes to see less movies is going to determine how often we see movies. The person who likes to travel less is going to have more impact on how often we travel because they're always going to be kind of recalibrating the higher desiring partner. And so you both want to be more like the other. The higher desire has to cool down a little bit, find joy, pleasure, and connection in some non-sexual means, and also be more willing to engage in some more solo sexuality. And the lower desire has to be more like their higher desiring partner, be more open, be willing to try things, be willing to offer something. So you both have to work on being more like the other. Neither's right, neither's wrong, we're in this together. And so a warning to those that are not in longer term committed relationships, this is why we have sex. This is why sex is a part of dating and courtship to assess what are we like as a couple with sex? Yes, it's going to ebb and flow and change. And how it is in the beginning is not in any way a template for how it will always be, but we can get a little bit of a sense. It's a good starting point. It doesn't speak to necessarily what's coming, but it does give us a little bit of a sense of how workable we are how adaptable and flexible we are. And that's an important thing to remember and to weigh in on. <clears throat> We're always assessing those pieces. You wanna find partners that are workable, open to doing the work, open to dealing with differences and conflict well. And this is one of those topics around which that happens. So again, this topic really highlights where some of our work is and where our work is as a couple and as partners. So see it as such. This doesn't have to be a deal breaker if we can be workable and and, and do what it is that it kind of takes. So. Oy. That's how everything is though. You know, relationships are hard. Single life is easier because our stuff isn't there. We're not up against ourselves. We step into a relationship and it's a mirror being held up showing us where our work is. It sits there and waits for us. So how we show up to that matters. Um, all right, so coming up next, we're gonna be doing some uh, DMs. Questions, topics, drop them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always con always anonymous, always confidential. Helping others as you're helping yourself. Someone most likely is wondering the same thing. So put those questions in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show. Always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. Take me on a journey with you. Um, otherwise, stick around because we got a whole lot more to come. So don't you go anywhere. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Tanya. Been with my boyfriend, Thomas, for three years. Recently got pregnant. Seems like everyone's so super excited about the baby, but Thomas doesn't seem to be. Thomas's family's already come over. They've helped decorate, given gifts, gotten clothing, but he just sits there. I told him if he didn't want this baby, he could leave, <laughs> but that I definitely want his amazing family to stay in the baby's life. He said he doesn't want to leave, but, you, oh, sorry, he doesn't want to leave, but I hate all of this bad energy. Can I make him leave? <laughs> oh my God. Part of me thinks he might just be scared. He stays quiet. I don't know what to do. Yeah, you got to find out what that's about for him. It's not good relational functioning to just kick someone out because you don't like their response. Relationships are about deepening and learning and understanding. So instead of being angry and frustrated, which I appreciate, you know, we want people in our lives that celebrate what we're excited about. And uh, this is also his baby. So you'd think he might be excited or he should have vocalized his lack of interest. And then you could have considered abortion, adoption, other options. But um because you ask some pro-abortion, uh, not pro-choice, pro-abortion, because sometimes that's the best decision for people and everyone should have a right to decide what happens to their body and within their relationship and within their lives. 
Um, but you want to, you know, relationships are about curiosity, better understanding. Relationships are about intimacy building. Difficult scenarios like this are about learning about each other. Again, understanding your partner's perspective and more importantly, bonding. Yes, bonding over difficult times. Hey, you say to Thomas, it seems like this is really hard for you. Tanya, I want you to soften. Have care and concern for your partner. Just don't go just on immediately to immediately to anger. Often anger isn't even the most honest response. Be sad, be disappointed, be frustrated. That's more honest. Anger is usually a secondary response that we go to. The primary response is usually the most honest and it's always the most vulnerable. Say to him, hey, I'm bummed out that you're not celebrating because anger is about violence or oppression or someone doing something wrong and his feelings aren't wrong. They're just not what you want. It's not what you prefer. We don't want to make a judgment about it. So lean in, uh, bond over this, express disappointment and frustration. Hey, you don't seem to celebrate this. I would love it if you could help me understand what this means for you. Help me understand why this is hard for you. Connect over it. We don't kick people out of our lives because we're disappointed in how they're acting, thinking, or feeling. You wouldn't want that done to you. So there's no right or wrong, really ever. It's just about, and, and often we don't even come to a, a complete resolve that we're both on the same page with. But be curious, be open, be soft, be disappointed. Give Thomas space to process what this means. Maybe there's excitement, but also fear and anxiety about how your lives will change, your relationship will change. Maybe there's anxiety about finances. Find out, turn turn towards each other and connect over this. Find out what dependency need this is related to. Babies and things like that that create a lot of shift in identity and commitment and finances, that has a lot of weight for a lot of people and you want Thomas to know that you're in this together. So don't let this be something that separates the two of you. That's what healthy, sustainable, robust relationships are about, bonding over and through difficult times. This is when you get to show your partner and hopefully he gets to show you that we stick together through difficult times. This is how trust is built. This is what commitment is dependent upon. When it gets tough, we stay together. When it gets tough, if every time it's difficult, you lean out, lean away, or threaten ending the relationship, then trust and commitment are eroded at instead of being strengthened. Um, again, congratulations. It sounds like this is exciting for you and everyone else, but you want to find out what it means for your partner. That's why when someone in my life says, oh, we're having a baby, I don't say yay, I don't say nay. I say, tell me what it means for you because I don't know. If someone says we're getting divorced, I don't immediately say I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a sign of health. I don't know. I always say, let me know what that means for you so I can meet you where you're at and celebrate or hold space for your grief and loss. We never know. And that's what I want you to do. You know, again, bond because of this. Stay soft and stay curious. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us? Something you want us to hit? Circle back, drop deeper into, let us know. Put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And then past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Because what? It's all about that repetition because it's about practice and repetition. That's the quality of our life and our mental health. But that's the show, y'all. As always, thanks for hanging out. Let me be a part of your journey. Enjoy the rest of your night. Be kind to yourselves and those around you, y'all. See you tomorrow night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.